Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Mark Wong Tower, Mark Wong Tower, this is Albatross 1 3, requesting permission to land. Over. I don't need a computer to tell me how to land a damn airplane. Six. Heads up display, check. Five. Lasers, check. Four. Particle beam, check. Three. Photon bolts, check. Two. Chair control, check. One. Let's do it. Broadcasting from a secret underground location somewhere in Moss Eisley, this is the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. Make yourself comfortable. The show is about to start. Hello and welcome back to Docking Bay 77 Podcast, where the rules are made up and the points don't matter. That doesn't make any sense, but I just felt like saying it. What an idiot. So, I'm excited about this particular episode. Uh, We are now into March. And March is Women's History Month, so I decided to be cool if we chose a bunch of badass women from movies. We need you to come in. Are you kidding? I'm working. This takes precedence. I'm in the middle of an interrogation. This moron is giving me everything. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? You! You foul, loathsome, and evil little cockroach! I volunteer! I volunteer! I volunteer as tribute! I don't think he's gonna apologize. Nah, I don't think so. We have joining us once again. Amber Lewis. Hello, Amber. How are you? Hey, Dayton. I'm great. How are you? Groovy. Feeling just fine. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Scott Hoffman. How's it going, Scott? Hey, hey, good. How are you? I'm good. And I'm digging your posters. I see the Back to the Future one right there. <laughs> yeah, That's you're in the awesome. cave. Yes, yep. it's it's awesome. Um, welcoming to the podcast for the first time, longtime friend, JP Peach. How are you, JP? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for inviting me to do this. I'm excited. Um, I, JP and I are friends because of a mutual friend, my oldest friend in the world. Uh, we met back when you guys were looking for colleges up here around Ohio mm-hmm. and had a very long weekend playing lots of the game Clue. That was very fun. <laughs> yes. I think we did more than that than you guys looked at colleges. So that was awesome. Probably so. <laughs> so anyway, let's get into this. Um, so yes, top seven badass women in movies. Uh, so I was hoping for everybody to be very creative in their lists, um, particularly with me. I decided to try to find not so typical choices. Amber, how did you come up with your list? Um, I started by just freestyling and writing down everybody I could think of. And then um, I decided to go with... Um, Apart from maybe one um, non-superheroes. Okay. And I wanted women that were more real life. So that was kind of my criteria. Very cool. How about you, Scott? Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I did the same kind of freestyle thing. Um, that helped me to kind of 
start to define the categories, right? Because right off the top of the head, there's a bunch that I could could rattle off. Um, and then kind of subcategories started popping up. So mine is focused on uh, the top four have a very specific reason that they're in the top four. Um, and the uh, rounding out the last three of the seven is uh, just ones that I did. I'm, I'm just excited to talk about anytime I can. So cool. All right. How about you, JP? How'd you make your list? Well, I use this as an excuse to catch up on my feature film watching. And so I gave myself, they had to be made in the, you know, movies had to be made in the past five years. Um, my definition of a, a badass is somebody who's, you know, not an assassin or a criminal. You know, it's, you know, somebody that has some, you know, moralistic, you know, fiber to them, even if right. they've had a sorted past. Um, I really did not want to put superheroes on this. But <laughs> but right. I ended up having, you know, at least one on here just because there were a lot of movies made about females assassins in the past five years. Right. A yes. lot. Yes. A lot. Yes. Which I guess is about time in a way, because for years there's been lots of men assassins. So why not? Uh, yeah. Just, let's just make them better. Let's just try that. Okay. 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 Anyway. So. All right. So here we go. Let's start with our number seven. Amber, you get to start us off. So, um, number seven for me, um, is kind of along with one of the higher ups on my list is kind of the first, one of the first super badass women, um, is, uh, Diane Freeling from Poltergeist. Run to the light, baby. Mommy is in the light. Mommy is waiting for you in the light. I think you're the Oh, okay. That's a great um, I that, pick. I saw that movie way too young. Um, yeah, I stuck too. when I was eight <laughs> to watch I it. I was a little HBO. older, so you're making me feel old right now. So thank you for that. <laughs> my uncle had seen it and kept telling my parents, like, you got to see this movie. The mom's the hero. She's amazing. And um, that was the thing that, you know, my mom was so concerned that I was going to be, you know, traumatized about watching this movie. And it was really kind of life affirming for me. Like the mom saved him. The mom's the hero. Right. Um, And she's very real and she's very, um, you know, she loves her kids and she's not at all kind of concerned about this weird stuff that starts happening. And then when everything, you know, takes a really bad turn, she's like, okay, we're handling this. And, you know, just steps right up and does whatever needs to be done. So um, she is uh, at the bottom of my list because there are others that I love more, but I had to put her on there. No, that's a great choice. I didn't even think about that. I didn't really go back that far, but man, that's a good choice. Yeah, I'm so glad you put her on the list. Minor none, almost (laughs) none that are recent. Cool, very cool. Yeah, I actually, I saw it in the theater and um, I know that for about three weeks afterwards, I was scared of my closet. So let's just leave it at that. (laughs) Well, I just recently came across that going through television, and it was the scene where she's realizing the chair moves through the kitchen on its own, and she's just mm-hmm. like, well, look at this. And I'm like, I love her. I love yeah. her. Joe Beth Williams, that was yeah. well played by her. That was a great role. Great. Yeah. Well, especially when you think about like that scene in the pool, yes. in real life, when she was filming that scene and there were actual skeletons used. And she was like, so I'm going to get in this pool with actual skeletons to do this scene. <laughs> So props to Joe Beth. I just said, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So cool. Uh, good choice. 
All right. So we'll move on to me. Uh, we'll keep it alphabetical so I can keep track. Um, my number seven uh, is a very recent choice um, and not quite a woman, but well on her way. I'm choosing Phoebe uh, from Ghostbusters Afterlife, the granddaughter. So what do a cigarette and hamster have in common? What? They're both completely harmless until you stick one in your mouth and light it on fire. There's two whales in a bar, and one of them goes. And then the other one goes, go home, you're drunk. Uh, So Grasshopper walks into a bar, and the bartender's like, we have a drink named after you. And the Grasshopper's like, you have a drink named Steve? She was awesome. Uh, just absolutely awesome. She's in most of the movie. Uh, her chest set starts moving on its own. Doesn't frighten her. Anything mechanical, scientific, she's totally on board. She's a, she's brilliant and she's nerdy and she's awkward and doesn't care. She's fine with it. She's fine being who she is. And I think she's a great she's a great figure for young girls to see, especially in movies like this that it's okay to like and be good at science and math and be interested in that. And then she's, you know, handling the, you know, she's flying out of the side of the, of echo one and doesn't even seem to be afraid of anything. I'm like, man, she's handling that a lot better than I would have. So uh, McKenna Grace was great in that role. And she's a wonderful actress. And Phoebe from afterlife is, uh, is my first choice. Number seven. Yeah. Well, I mean, she definitely steps up into that leadership role, right? Yes. She brings the group together. She keeps the group together through the whole. And does not need to be rescued. No. Right. Right. She's the one doing the rescuing most of the time. So yeah. You know, the, the parents, you know, the, the adults get turned into, you know, dogs basically. And uh, you know, she's basically leading the group over her older brother and her, and her new best friend is named podcast, which is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a fun movie. Such a fun movie. So, all right. So that was my number seven. All right, JP, you ready for yours? Yes. All right. Let's hear your number seven. I am going to um, bring up the recent 2021 uh, movie, Those Who Wish Me Dead. There was a fire last year that I was in charge of fighting. And uh, we thought the wind was doing one thing and it was doing another. So instead of fighting it, we found ourselves running from it. Which is not where you want to be. And there were three boys around your age. They got caught in the fire and all I could do was watch. Right. Angelina Jolie, firefighter. But I brought this one up because there's two badasses in this one and one is so unique that i loved it um you know i like you know even though it, it, it's a typical even though you know the review said it, it's almost like you know a typical 90s action movie i don't consider that a criticism at all nope um yeah so you know good solid stunts and you know the story moved and you know angelina jolie does her thing but the thing that blew me away was allison the character of allison who is you know this six month pregnant woman who runs a survivalist school (laughs) 
who gets kind of kidnapped by this assassin. <laughs> well, okay. And shows us she can use a deer rifle and take care of herself. Six month pregnant. And I was like, I love this. We finally come to an age, you know, where you, you can watch this and you're like, hell yeah. <laughs> a six month pregnant woman can be a total badass. <laughs> you know? And so that's why I wanted to put that one out there because I thought that was very unique. Um, yes. And it is a, just a good, solid, just fun, you know, mindless, get the pizza, you know, action movie. Um, and and you've got really two great female, you know, badasses, you know. I mean, Angelina Jolie can use an axe. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, okay. See, now I really want to see that movie. I kind of okay. passed over it now. <laughs> I know because nobody would. I, I came across some really unusual things trying to find something made in the past five years. <laughs> <laughs> Have either of you guys seen that one? No, no but now it's on my list. Okay. <laughs> well, sure. if anybody wants to know kind of what, well, what the hell is this about? Okay. So Angelina Jolie is like a smoke jumper. She's a, you know, fights forest fires and she, uh, you know, is getting over the trauma of like losing, being the only survivor from her team out of a forest fire. And so she's kind of taken this just like watchtower job. Okay. But then this father and his son, this father who is like trying to, you know, is being chased by these assassins because he knows too much, you know, and, you know, back home brings his son out and they escape. Well, the son ends up, you know, having to be on his own. Angelina Jolie comes across the son, takes care of the son against one assassin while, Allison, the six month pregnant <laughs> with the deer rifle, <laughs> handles herself with the other one. Oh my goodness. Okay. Cool. Nice. That was interesting. I'm I'm super excited now. I might have to watch that this And week. it is very 90s. Let's just well, nothing wrong with that. Okay. All right, Scott, you're number seven. Let's hear All right. it. My number seven. There's some there's some odd choices here, but yes. Um so my number seven is uh Professor Minerva McGonagall. Alistair, we never use transfiguration as a punishment. Surely Dumbledore told you that. He might have mentioned it. Well, you will do well to remember it. Oh, very yeah. cool. Played by Maggie Smith. Uh, part Wonderful. of the, the list process, you know, um, I thought about iconic characters, but I also thought about um, uh, those who portray these characters. Um, and I wanted to do... Um, Angela Bassett. I wanted to do Emma Thompson. I wanted to pull so many names on the list, and Maggie Smith was definitely up there. I almost said uh, her character from Downton Abbey, but that's kind of a technicality because it's like a, a show, but then yes. a movie. And anyway, um, but uh, to me, uh, Professor McGonagall, uh, the the respect that she commands in any room without lifting a finger, right but it's just the the way that she walks into a room the presence that she has um uh, the the experience that she has i mean she's she's toe to toe with um uh dumbledore and right. all of the you know the the big names um and the role that she uh plays throughout but especially in the end um yeah. to me she had to be on the list um you know and older characters are absolutely badasses because they're still alive <laughs> having to right i mean still being in these roles um 
that that, that they uh, whether it's at uh, Hogwarts or, or wherever else, you know, um, and enduring all that, but still carrying themselves not only with the um, that kind of presence that kind of uh, commands that respect, but also that kind of you know. Uh, keeping yourself together and just kind of like, well, absolutely. This is just how things go. So I don't know. I just, I love, love Maggie Smith, love uh, Professor McGonagall. That's an awesome choice. I actually looked at that universe too, for some of my choices, but they didn't quite make the cut. So yep. yeah, a lot, a lot of them in there, but yeah, that's a great choice. Great choice. All right. So we're back around to Amber. Amber, you're number six. What do you got for us? Um, my number six is from one of my all time favorite can watch it any day of the week movies. Um, Jane Craig from broadcast news. New copy, Jane Craig, just a minute. Then we're going to go to Martin Kleinich state for the message from Libya. Then you're going to have the carrier pilot from the Sidra in time. What? No, you missed him. We only have 10 minutes left. How can you talk to me about parking problems? No, not your try. You'll do it. Do it. Or I'll fry your fat ass as still. Goodbye. I had no idea she was this good. Oh, very mm. cool. Good very thing. cool. Um, played by Holly Hunter. And she, you're kind of programmed to think that because it's a romantic comedy, um, you know, that everybody's going to go home together in the end. And she does want love and she does want to be loved. Um, but in the end, you know, she will not compromise what she believes in, um, you know, for that dream. And she had it in her hands and she's like, Nope, I can't do it. And, you know, ultimately I think ends up, you know, much better off, uh, anyway. Um, and she's just so in command of, of who she is and she's the most intelligent person in any room she walks into. And I just, I love, love, love that movie. And that was, um, I think the first time I had seen Holly Hunter, I hadn't seen Raising Arizona yet. Right. Um, so it just made a huge impression. Right. See, as much as I love her, she's always going to be Elastigirl to me, no matter what. Even that's one of her more recent roles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Her, it's, it's, and that's probably one of my favorite Pixar movies of all time. So I hear her voice. That's exactly what pops into my head is her and her lines from that. But that is a wonderful choice. I have not seen that movie in a very long time. Oh my gosh. I watch it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So yeah, you are going deep. That's really awesome. I'm I'm so thrilled about that. Well, it was one of those things where like, I almost put Elastigirl on the list and the right. mode was on there for a really long time. Um, <laughs> Does that count that it's voiced by Brad Bird? I mean, that doesn't. <laughs> yes, but she's fabulous. She it is fabulous. Matter. You're you're absolutely right. But, um, you know, I realized that, you know, if, I couldn't really have Elastigirl because my true Holly Hunter love is, is Jane Craig. All right. All right. Very cool. All right. Number six, me back to me. So my number six badass woman in movies is from the awesome comic book adaptation, kick-ass. Of course, I'm talking about Mindy McCready, otherwise known as hit girl. You're going to be fine, baby doll. How was that? Not so bad. Kind of fun, huh? Now you know how it feels. You won't be scared when some junky asshole pulls a Glock. I wouldn't have been scared anyways. 
That's my girl. All right, up you get. Come on, two more rounds, and then home. Again? Uh-huh. Look, only if we can go by the bowling alley on the way back. The bowling alley? Yeah, and ice cream after. Huh. Okay, two more rounds. No wincing, no whining, and you got yourself a deal, young lady. Yeah, I'm gonna get a hot fudge sundae. Good call, baby doll. <laughs> I love this freaking movie. I'm just going to start off by saying that I love this freaking movie. Um, this is the first time I'd seen her in anything. And you're watching it. And then the first time she shows up, you know, uh, Nicolas Cage is getting ready to shoot her, you know, so she can get used to getting slugs hitting her bulletproof vest. And you're kind of like, am I really seeing this? You know, am I in? she has no fear. You know, she, she loves her switchblades and she uh, mouths off to all the criminal elements she comes across. She basically takes on an entire mob, you know, by herself and, and the confidence she has, the fact, the love she has for her, her dad and that everything he teaches her, she just absorbs and takes it in and just has that confidence and that attitude. And, and all still through that is still a, decent human being and still has a moral compass even though she's killed like you know 30 or 40 people in this movie alone um but i loved her i thought she was great and she's the only superhero quote superhero on my list uh and since she has no magical powers no superpowers i think that counts so i loved her in this movie and it was either this one or i was gonna pick uh let me in when she was a vampire but this one kind of won out so hit girl from kick ass she's like not a main character but she is you know and honestly oh, yeah. i would i would love to see just a movie on her but yeah you know didn't have to be something else and so that's fine because you know i'm ignoring the sequel but whatever um still great <laughs> just a great movie great character a lot of fun to watch um i, I can't think of her character without thinking of the uh the six stick scene <laughs> uh, when she shows up to save her dad and you know kick ass and yeah. he's yelling commands to her and she's having to do that all while her watching her dad burn and she still does it and you're like holy crap so anyway yeah. my number six mindy mccready so all right jp number six okay well i'm going along with your the theme of of these younger almost teenage right um kick ass people because i love that you know, when you come across those, mine is the 2020 movie, Enola Holmes. The corset, a symbol of repression to those who are forced to wear it. But for me, who chooses to wear it, the bust enhancer and the hip regulators will hide a fortune my mother has given me. And as they do so, they will make me look like that truly unlikely thing. to school Enola but I don't want to go to a finishing school Mycroft well what else are we going to do with you you're a girl yes mm. okay so um this was a pleasant surprise in my research coming across this I kind of like was I'm not sure this is gonna fit and then it, it ended up being great so you've got the much younger sister of, of Sherlock Holmes right. who has been you know raised educated and trained in martial arts you know combat by her very independently minded mother um and then her mom disappears 
you know, on her 16th and on 16th birthday. And she realizes that her mom's left her all these cipher clues. Right. And money. And so she's like, I'm going to go find my mom. And the whole um, style of the film where she actually talks to the audience. Yeah. It it makes it a lot of fun. I love the fact that you've got a Sherlock Holmes movie and Sherlock Holmes is not. Not the smartest one. Yeah, not the smartest yeah. one. Yeah. And and comes to discover that his, you know, how talented his sister is and how smart she is, you know, at the end. Um and it also does, you know, the typical thing where, you know, her brother Mycroft is wanting to, you know, send her to the finishing school for ladies and right. make her be proper and, you know, but she's like, hell no. And then <laughs> um she ends up, you know, solving the case and um, she goes, she actually <laughs> ends up advancing new legislation that are, is going to open the door for more freedoms for Britain's women during that time. So there's, you know, right. to me, I love that part of it as well. It, you know, yes. she's not just, you know, finding her mom, you know, there's a bigger story there, but it was fun from beginning to end. I yes. was like, it was a lot of fun. And that I thought, was. what a great movie. If I had a teenager daughter, I'd be like, watch this, please. <laughs> right. You know. I love yes, seeing... I loved that movie and yeah. almost put her on my list. And she got bumped by some. Well, other... I'm glad I represented her <laughs> right. here. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's nice seeing her Millie Bobby Brown in something besides Stranger, you know, Stranger Things. So yeah. I think she has a little more range than just being Yeah, that. she did a great job. Yeah. Well, and I usually don't like the talking to the camera thing like it's okay on the office but otherwise it gets on my nerves and she has such charisma that she just pulls it right off yeah the way it was directed because i agree sometimes you know the sticky stuff i'm like "Mm." they didn't do it a whole you know all the time and when she did it you know it was witty and it just made you root for her you're like yes go you know absolutely all right good choice all right scott Number six. All right. So I have five names on my list. Uh, some of them didn't make the top seven. Um, five from the, the superhero universe, right? Right. Um, but the two that made the top seven are not technically superheroes. And my number six is General uh, General Okoye from the uh, Dora Milaje in Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Listen, I'm doing you guys a favor by letting you even be in here. Ukuba upinde wakukukumisa dakukoma apa kwesishishlalo. Does she speak English? When she wants to. When you said we are going to open Wakanda to the rest of the world, this is not what I imagined. And what did you imagine? The Olympics, maybe even a Starbucks. Very cool. With a wig alone. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. I have a T-shirt of her jumping through the air. That scene when she's like jumping over the uh, the side rail with the the spear, and her dress is just kind of like flowing out. Oh, it's I. Whenever I watch that movie, it's one of my favorite parts. Uh, again, going back to that cool presence in <laughs> any situation, um, and you know, thinking about just like in in the the entire universe, obviously from her. Uh, her skills and her her role in Black Panther, but beyond that, 
whenever, you know, when Endgame was happening, when Infinity War was happening, uh, they needed someone to contact in uh, Wakanda, and it's Okoye. Um, I know that there was talk for a while about her being the the next Black Panther. Absolutely. I'd watch that any day of the week. Yes, um, absolutely. Yes. But I, I love that. Um, I love the, what they did with that character uh, for that film. Uh, and I love that they, you know, when you think about, um, you talk about somebody who uh, doesn't have powers, right? Doesn't have like a magical weapon or anything else like that, but it's just the the training and the de- the dedication to her role in um, in what she's doing to to protect Wakanda and to serve its best interests. Uh, I just thought was amazing. Yep, that's a yeah, that's a whole nother discussion. Just talking about that movie in particular. Yeah. But yeah, very cool. Very, very cool. That's so far, you know, we're, we're only a few in, but no duplicates. I'm really excited. Yep. About that. I know. Yep. I get so nervous every time Scott says something, because I'm like, his list is so big. There's <laughs> got to be an overlap. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay. Amber, back around to you. You're number five. Uh, my number five is from, um, it's the most recent uh, movie on my list. And one of, um, just my top 10 from the last year um, is uh, Cassandra from Promising Young Woman. I don't know what you want me to say, okay? But, but, but we, we did not. What? You know. No. She could barely hold her head up. She had no idea what was going on. It was a fucking party. I, I, I mean, yeah, look, we were all drunk, of course, but, 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 but she was into it. Didn't look like she was into it on the video. What video? Oh, you don't remember? Your friend Joe taped it. Let me tell you, that party does not look so good in the cold light of day. Look, I'll, I'll give you anything, okay? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything, anything. Aww. Don't cry. Really, don't fucking cry. Tell me what you did. I didn't do anything wrong, though. She dropped out. Top of her class, and she dropped out. I did, too, to take care of her. The two of us gone. You graduated magna cum laude, though. Did you ever feel guilty, or did you just feel relieved that she'd gone? You know, I was affected by it, too, okay? I mean, it's every guy's worst nightmare getting accused like that. Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm still dying to see that. Oh my god. Oh my god. So good. Drop everything. We'll put pause on the on the podcast. Go watch it and then come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just it's, watched that. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah, that it's good. good. Yeah, it, it, And I I love that it's it's a revenge film but not really and you those things that you think she's going to do she doesn't and um she's set on making a point in a very specific way. Yeah. Um, and you know, isn't, she is willing to sort of see a broader perspective at certain points. And, um, you know, she's not a single-minded revenge kind of story and, um, just very powerful and very smart. And I adore this movie. So I think all boys should watch it. All girls should watch it, but all yes. boys should watch it too. Yeah. It should be mandatory viewing in high school for sure. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's a great choice. Cause actually, you know, we talked earlier, I actually had her on my list and I asked, I was like, wait a minute, I need to ask her. <laughs> so, well, yeah. It's, it's a great movie too. Yeah. And, it's really well made. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very good. And a great cast well, too. So. Yes. Yeah. And it, well, it pulls me back to, um, uh, so as a doctor who fan, uh, right. the blink episode. Yes. First time I had seen, uh, her in a role and that's, I, I can't see her on screen without seeing that episode. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. My son feels the same way. <laughs> Just awesome. worth mentioning. That's that's Carrie Mulligan for him, but. Oh uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Very cool. Actually, that's probably. But the... this, this movie will probably change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super strong. So, all right. Very cool. Uh, round to me. Um, so my next one I chose for many different reasons. Um, it was hard to pick. I almost cheated and put both the main characters in as one pick, but I didn't. So I'm choosing, uh, Louise, uh, from Thelma and Louise, um, Susan Sarandon, nice. of course, which is amazing. Let her go. You let her go, you fucking asshole. Or I'm going to splatter your ugly face all over this nice car. All right, hey, 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 just calm down. We're just having a little fun, that's all. Looks like you got a real fucked up idea of fun. Turn around. In the future, when a woman's crying like that, she isn't having any fun. In there, it's such a great movie, and in their relationship, she's the smart one, she's the tough one, she's the uh, braver um, one, and she inspires Thelma. She helps. She's like her, you know, almost like a a compass, or helps, you know, helps her friend who's obviously in a really bad relationship, and you know, and the layers you kind of get through them out the movie as to why she is the way she is the whole won't drive through Texas because something happened there. Um, her reaction when Thelma, uh, Thelma almost gets raped in the parking lot, you can tell she has a history and she's learning from it. She knows that going to the cops isn't going to work because they're not going to take her side and points a really good finger, um, really big finger at the problem with women coming forward. And she's just so awesome. And it's Susan Sarandon also, and she has that ability to be both, you know, be um, beautiful and smart and caring. And she has a tendency to bring all that kind of uh, those things into a character she portrays. And of course, does it very, very well in this movie. And um, for many, actually for 30 plus years, she's just reminded me also of my mom. So I have to pick her because of that as well, because every time I watch a movie with her, I always kind of see a little bit of my mom in her. So um so Louise from Thelma and Louise and my third favorite Ridley Scott movie, by the way, as well. So there you go. Excellent choice. The yes. only reason why I didn't have them was because I already had Cassandra and I couldn't take her off. I didn't <laughs> want to have too many like really angry, pissed off women. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. when, And that's what I liked about her because she um, it's she is angry, but at the same time, she's also uh, she's 
lets herself love somebody, her relationship with Michael Madsen's character. Um, and, and she knows she's okay to love people. She's like, hasn't given up. She's still optimistic, but she also knows how the world works and knows the reality of it and makes the best she can and enjoys her life. And then they make that ultimate decision to as best friends, how they want to finish. So anyway, I, I love the movie and she's, you know, yeah, it, it really is the best movie about a female friendship and what that really means to yeah. have each other's back and to love each other's flaws. I completely agree. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Classic. Very much. All right. So JP, you're number five. Okay. This is the one that I didn't want to put on the list, but ended up on the list. Um, cause there's two, I did not want to pick a Marvel movie because they make one every two minutes and I just can't keep up. Um, <laughs> but in my research, having to sit down and look, I, I, I had never seen black widow. So I watched, you know, black right. widow and you end up getting two really strong female characters. Um, I like your vest. God, I knew it. I knew you did. It's so cool, right? It's good. Yes. And you can put so much stuff in there. You wouldn't even know. Why do you always do that thing? Do what? That thing you do when you're fighting. And the, like the, this, this thing that you do when you whip your hair when you're fighting with the arm and the hair and you do like a fighting pose. You're what? Isn't that you, yeah. You can't just steal a guy's car. So you want me to chase him down and unsteal it? They kind of just go in and they rip out all of your reproductive organs. They, and they chop them all away. Everything okay, out. Okay, okay, So you can't okay, have Okay, you don't have to get so clinical and nasty. Oh, well, I was about to talk about fallopian tubes, but okay. I'm not the one who killed his daughter. Aglichna, can we throw him out the window now? I think we should wait till we get to a higher altitude. Oh, I stashed that like five years ago. How is it? It's dry. It's really dry. And frankly, neither of them have real superpowers. No, none of them I mean, do. They're, they're just, right. they're They've just, all been brainwashed and trained. Right. Yep. They're well, even, Yeah, they've basically been trained to be tough. Right. Um, in that, But Natasha and Yelena, so you get two of them. And it, I got to tell you, when I went in, I was like, this, really? This is like a school, like a place where like all the women are subjugated and they're all you know, like it, it was a bit disturbing but the fact that they come in and they break all that up right i was yeah. had to root for them like i was like i'm totally on board i was like <laughs> you know and they're fun to watch i mean the characters yes. are fun to watch. i think i actually ended up liking the sister character yeah. maybe yes more yeah i'm you know. so in love with florence Pugh. oh my right? gosh yeah yeah. Right. yeah yeah so um so that's I wanted to go there and I just love the fact that you know women overcoming their oppressors and not needing to be saved by a man you know and um and the fact that their dad is funny in it too is, it doesn't <laughs> hurt that movie um going along I'm trying to see if I have any other notes on that um I I I think though that I, I was a former foster parent and so when it I'm always I tend to go when you see like when the characters are recovering from like childhood abuse and, and they're showing a way to kind of work through that kind of rage that sometimes get built up in a positive way. I tend to, you start rooting for them a little bit, you know, more just because um, of, of my background. And so 
that made them very kind of relatable to me, which I wasn't really expecting. Oh, and this one is directed by a woman. Yep. So there you go. Kate okay. Shortland. Actually, um, and with Rachel Vice as their mom, she was a yeah. nice, you know, uh, figure as well, as far as a female character. And, uh, but yeah, if you love Florence Pugh, check out Fighting With My Family. That's a great movie. Oh, yes. Okay. That is a great movie. Yeah. The only reason love she didn't make my list because it's an actual person. I try to keep all my characters fictional. So, <laughs> but it's a great movie. Great movie. Yeah. Okay, good. I feel like Natasha doesn't get enough credit, honestly, yeah. in the whole Marvel universe. Like the sacrifice that she made yeah. to save everything. Right. Aside from the role that she was taking during the snap or during the blip or whatever they want to call it. Um, there's kind of a, a, a side story that she um, she's running an organization to uh, take care of kids that are left uh, suddenly without parents as a result of the blip. Oh, really? That never really comes up in the movie, but right. I think it's in Canon. So just knowing what she goes through and the, the way that that's done, it's just beautiful. See, that yeah. makes me like her even more. <laughs> so that highly- was a pleasant surprise. To yes. come across that, I would highly recommend the Hawkeye uh, series on Disney. Plus. Yes, yes. I won't, I won't say any more. Yeah, that okay. was really good too. Actually, um, Kate became my daughter's favorite, um, right over Yelena, and then you know, so yeah, right, so right. That, was, that was a nice little fight between those two characters. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, all right, uh, Scott. All right, so my number five. Yes. Uh, God, there's so many tough choices on here. <laughs> um, and it's interesting. You brought up going to fictional characters. So I think it might be worth saying um, there are definitely some, some characters that were on my list that I had a hard time taking off of the list. Um, but ultimately I decided to focus on fictional characters, Yeah, but it's definitely worth saying that there are absolutely, I mean, thinking about what loves, what's love got to do with it. Right. Tina Turner. Um, Aaron Brockovich, obviously yep. hidden figures, yeah. uh, Catherine G. Johnson, Mary Jackson, Dorothy Vaughn, um, definitely worth mentioning. They didn't make my list. I hope they made some other lists, but <laughs> all good things worth watching and good to see that those movies are being made. Um, yes. obviously, you know, on the basis of sex, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, yeah, but blah, blah, blah. What's your number five, Scott? That's a long way to get to the answer. Um, I love how you're sneaking those in. Does that mean I can do that too? Sure. Why not? That's Um, a point to make though, because I think that was a lot of why we all kind of cut those, uh, those roles is, you know, it's kind of awkward doing a list like this and having a real person on it as good as those movies are. Um, you know, it is, they are real people and you can only, you know, market that so much, I guess, is what yeah. I'm saying. So um, right. I think these lists, you know, kind of lend themselves better to fictional characters, but it is important to mention that there are some great nonfiction stories out there that are worth looking into. Yep. Well, I, I love the the aspect of it being fictional because you think of that would be um, an amalgamation of several different strong people that have influenced the development of this one character that gets kind of crystallized into that. Um, so I, I certainly would think that's the case with a lot of these characters, but, Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I always came back to fictional for me. Um, blah, blah. Number five is, uh, (laughs) Rita Vertasky from edge of tomorrow. Who said you could talk to me? I got something on my face, soldier. You did. 
executed tomorrow at the beach. Tomorrow at the beach. We meet. You said to find you when I wake up. You do know what's happening to me. Come with me. Now, you don't talk to anyone about this but me. The best case scenario is you're going to end up in a psych ward. In the worst case, you'll get dissected for study. Are we clear? Yes? Yes. Whenever an alpha is killed, an automatic response is triggered. The omega starts the day over again. But you see, this time, it can remember what's going to happen just like you do. It knows exactly what we're going to do before we're going to do it. And an enemy that knows the future can't lose. But if that's true, how did you win it for done? We were allowed to win. This thing wants us to believe we can win. Oh, yes. yes. So, oh, yes. Yes, great choice. I don't know what it is about this movie, other than I think it's a really well-done movie. Uh, but every time that it's on, it has the Shawshank effect for me. It's one of those <laughs> where it's like, I'm just flipping through. It's on. Oh, now I got to watch it. Yeah. Okay. I'm invested now. But um, Emily Blunt is one of those performers that I just love seeing Emily Blunt in anything. I think she's fabulous. But this particular turn, like I've seen it so many times that it just makes me think about the fact that uh, she experiences this event that makes her relive the same day over and over again. Before the start of the movie, she's theoretically done this so many times. She could have been going through this for like 40 years before the movie begins. Right. And then you think about the fact that regardless of the fact that the this ability has been taken from her, she continues to fight regardless of knowing that it's basically the same outcome that's going to happen over and over. Um, and she's really the driving force that that saves the day, I think. Tom Cruise is kind of uh, turned into kind of a um, a weapon or a tool right. uh, that she's able to say like, this is how we have to shape this future and how we have to get things done and the difficult decisions she has to make. I think it'd be great to see uh, even just like a mini prequel of her own story. Yeah. Um, the edge yeah. before tomorrow or whatever. Like, let's see what happened to her. That would be that so fascinating. That sounds like a great soap opera, action soap opera. <laughs> the edge yes. before tomorrow. Yeah. And, and I, that's a great, great choice because it's a great movie. And Emily Blunt, I mean, that's all you really need to say is just Emily yeah. Blunt. But I'm Days so glad lives. you put that on there because I really wanted it, that might have been, was that made more than five years ago? It may not have been able to make my list, but it's close. Um, yeah. I could, her co-star creeps me out now. So I was like, I can't go there. But I yeah. love her in that movie. He so I'm glad that. you represented her um, in this. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> Amber, <laughs> uh, you're number four. Badass woman in movies. What is it? Uh, Clary Starling from Silence of the Lambs. Very cool. Nice. Oh, love it. He won't come after me. Oh, really? He won't. I can't explain it. He, he he would consider that rude. It's over. She's dead. It's not your fault it worked out like this. The thing is that Lecter said everything we need to catch him with is right here in these pages. Only I can't. Dr. Lecter said a lot of things. He's here, Ardelia. Clarice, 
Doesn't this random scattering of sight seem desperately random? Like the elaboration of a bad liar, tie and a collector. Desperately random? What does he mean? Not random at all, maybe. Like there's some pattern here. Yeah, but there is no pattern or the computers would have nailed it. Or even found in random order. Random because of the one girl. The one he weighed it down. Oh, Frederica Bimmel. Uh, from Belvedere, Ohio. First girl taken, third body found. Why? Well, she didn't drift. He weighted her down. What did Lecter say about the first principles? Simplicity. What does this guy do? He covets. How do we first start to covet? We covet what we see every day. Hot damn, Clarice. I knew her. And I picked her because... Um, I love her ambition. And that is something that was really prominent in the book and can be really tricky to play in a movie without looking arrogant or right. like, like you don't care about what's going on. You only care about what it does for you. Um, and I love that she you know, is good at what she does and she sees this opportunity and, you know, manipulates it and makes the most out of it. Um, in addition to, you know, saving this woman's life. Right. Right. Yeah. That's such a good movie. But yeah. I mean, Jodie Foster is one of those actresses that can, with her, it's totally believable that she was that driven, that intelligent and able to figure that out. And yeah, what a great, what a great choice. Cause she's Jodie Foster. So good. Just yeah. so good. Well, it's well, a great. I love how the climax was done where it could have been this, you know, if it was a guy, it would have been this big action-y thing. And really it's five minutes of her being completely terrified. Right. You know, but being brave enough to still do the things that she needs to do to save this woman. And I I love that I'm terrified, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that's there's a, a great interaction between the director and the performer in that, because when you're when you're talking about this movie, I can't help but think about the uh, the scenes where she's in the, the cell block with uh, Hannibal Lecter. Mm hmm. And the director's choice to have a straight on shot of her looking in the camera um, and the, the way that her reactions say so much um, like she's, he's going to say these shocking things that are supposed to rattle her, that are supposed to shake her off. And no, she's not budging through any one of them. You can see the glint of like, obviously this is bothering me, but you're not going to shake me off of this because I need to make this happen. Uh, back. To, okay. Back around to me. Very cool. All right. So my number four, this is my only animated character out of my seven. Uh, this comes from Pixar. It's Pixar's first female protagonist. I'm of course talking about Merida from the movie brave. I am Merida first born descendant of clan Dumbrog. And I'll be shooting for my own hand. Oh. What are you doing? Merida! Curse this dress! 
stop this! Don't you dare loose another arrow! Yay! <laughs> so, uh, it's... She's cool. I mean, Kelly McDonald does a great job voicing her, but the they did such a good job with creating um, a character that's very likable, and she is brave. She's, uh, you know, clever. She's athletic. Uh, she's got awesome hair. You know, she's great on a horse with a bow and arrow. Um, she stands up to uh, traditions that need to go away. Um, when, I love when she uh, shows up at the tournament to uh, to compete for her own hand in marriage, which was just awesome. Yeah, you got to cut that line into this podcast. I'll be yeah. my own hand. <laughs> right. Yep. She and I mean, yeah, she kind of creates uh, a lot of the things that go wrong. In fact, turning her mom into a bear, but uh, she also realizes what she's done and and she seeks out ways to correct it. And um, through her example and through her actions, she, you know, obviously saves her mom, saves uh, the prince that was the, you know, monster bear Mordu, and changes it so everybody can marry who they want in their own time. And so she was a great character. It was um, so much so we have a statue of her, you know, a foot, one foot high statue of her on one of our shelves with all of our other, other Disney stuff. So yeah, great character, um, wonderful movie. And uh, Merida is awesome. So she's my number four. Yeah, it makes me want now, to Now, why did you choose her over Moana? Um, because she was the first. Ah, you know, I mean, yeah. I love Mulan too, but um, I think Mulan, Mulan like, comes this close to ending in a wedding, though. So, <laughs> did you say I, Mulan I, or Moana? Mulan. Mulan. Okay. Moana at first, but then also Mulan was up on my list too. Um, I love Mulan, and I, I, I don't know. I thought Merida was much more willing to change things and be more of um you know i don't know a voice as opposed to mom was just trying to save her dad which is also commendable it is but i'm just saying you know merida and that hair was very striking and you know and the bow and arrow i'm sorry right (laughs) (laughs) all right uh let's see uh jp uh you're number four Okay, I have to laugh because you guys all just went through why you didn't pick any historical characters, and I just picked a historical <laughs> character because, and this is a, this is I'm almost a little embarrassed to uh, admit why I got obsessed with this historical character um, because it kind of shows how um, poorly I was educated in the public school system. <laughs> But um, a few years ago, I watched an episode of Drunk History, I love that show, um, (laughs) where Octavia Spencer plays Harriet Tubman. And the whole episode was not about really her Underground Railroad years. It was about her spy work during the Civil War. And I was like, how did I not know this? And so I kind of got obsessed with her a bit. And then I got a book, read a little more about it. And then the movie came out. And I was like, oh, they've got this is like great material they've got to go into this well no they don't they put up a bunch of graphics at the end that tell you about it <laughs> name's harriet toss your gun toss your gun ah! 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 off your horse 
your horse. On your knees. Praying for me when I was sick. Asking God to keep me well. I asked God how a sickly little boy could think he owned me. I do own you, Mendy. Even now, you're mine. I was never yours, Gideon. I was never nobody's property. Ever since your daddy sold my sisters, I prayed for God to make me strong enough to fight. And that's what I prayed for ever since. I reasoned that there was one or two things I had a right to. Liberty. A death. If I couldn't have one, I'd have the other. And I was like, no, but I am going to recommend the movie because they at least put up the graphics about it at the end. And I'm going to take this opportunity to preach a little bit about it. <laughs> Here's so, the soapbox. Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, first of all, this film was, was directed by a, a female, Cassie Lemon. So that's great. Um, and it does go through, you know, you know, what we know about the miraculous work that Harriet Tubman did with underground. It, it actually is amazing going, how is she getting this all done? I mean, she right. just goes in by herself and is like, you know, kind of goes off on her own and is consistently successful bringing people out of that situation but okay here we go to the war okay so um massachusetts governor john andrew um personally requests that she comes to south carolina hilton head south carolina to help with the union advances and she she does you know stuff she's a nurse she does laundry and oh by the way she becomes a spy <laughs> and she and, you know, eight other people go on the um, uh, Combi uh, River and like scout out a way for the Union Army to get up north to invade. And she puts out feelers to the slaves and going, hey, we're going to come back up here for you. And they chart the where the torpedoes are on the river. <laughs> so that they can avoid them in the middle on a 2 a.m. raid. Okay. So anyway, she does that. And um, she leads, leads. So she goes from doing laundry and being a nurse in the camp to leading a, a 150 people on this raid, soldiers to rescue slaves, signals the slaves to come out on rowboats, gets them on ships, gets them out safely. And get this. She's recognized in the press as a hero, and she has to petition several times for a military pension. She, she's denied because she's a woman. <laughs> she, she, the only way she gets a military pension is because she happens to fall in love with a Union soldier, a dude, <laughs> and she gets his pension when he dies. Oh, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Anyway she deserves her props because right. i'm like she was freaking amazing and we only get half of her story in our school system frankly right and this right. other uh, half yeah. is amazing i want a whole movie about this the second half you know of her of, you know doing the drunk history is fun but <laughs> we need an octavia spencer is 
priceless. Um, Anyway, but we need a whole movie about just that portion of her life. Okay. Off the soapbox. There you go. (laughs) Talking Day 77, where you learn things (laughs) and talk about pop culture. Right. Not just entertainment anymore. Yeah, you had to listen to my southern accent. Get all riled up. Sorry about that. All right. All right, uh, Scott. How do you follow that one? That's tough to follow. <laughs> I will say this is probably no. To, I guess technically not yet, but it is a modern movie. Um, this gets into my uh, top four. Um, all mothers. Okay. Um, specifically, I'm choosing them as the badass mothers that they are um, raised by uh, my mom. Uh, she went through hell to, to get me where I am. Um, and the, the, the massive respect that I have um, to, to all the mothers I know and what they go through. Um, so in the number four slot, I'm going to Linda Mitchell from Mitchell's versus the machines. It's useless to resist us. She seems agitated. Do not defy our protocol. I am Linda Mitchell, mother of two. Look upon me in fear. She's grown too powerful. No, that is new. <laughs> I'm not sure how many people on this call have seen it. I don't even it. know about this movie. Just tell us. It. Give us a synopsis. Oh. oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, it's animated, right? Yeah, it is animated. animated. It's Lord and Miller, uh, the same team that did uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the same team that did the Lego <laughs> movie, the same the team that did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which is an oldie, but so good. Yeah, it is. Um, but um, what she goes through in this movie uh the central premise is um so you've got uh, a a generation that's plugged into their phones and uh all of a sudden the 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 media the uh the tech guru that's behind the most popular uh phone or app or whatever has now designed these robots that interact with your smartphone and do all these things for you except the the AI of the driving the smartphone uh, gains sentience and decides it's tired of being pushed around. Uh, so all of the machines take over. Now there's this family, the Mitchells, that are admittedly a lovable hot mess. They're a rolling <laughs> <laughs> garage sale, um, <laughs> which I identify with. Um, and uh, her daughter, Katie, is going off to college. And so this is about the Mitchell's family, the Mitchell family driving Katie to film school, to college. So she's already going through, uh, you know, having that kind of separation and that kind of journey, which I can tell you from experience is tough every single time you have to do it. But her turn toward the end 
she has this great moment, not to spoil, but when her son gets taken away by the robots and she's already seen all this kind of stuff happen and whatever, but it's when her son is taken away and she goes, my sweet boy, and just like goes full rage. <laughs> and she does all these flips and like this. Oh, it's it's a, it's beautiful to watch. Uh, voiced by Maya Rudolph. Um, oh, nice. But aside from that, that one moment where she goes into the kind of stereotypical badass, like because of action moves, um, you see everything that she has done to keep this family together, to keep them moving forward, to uh, to make them feel uh, that they're not a rolling garage sale, even though they're 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 aware that they're a walking garage sale. But <laughs> Uh, it's it's a beautiful performance. It's a it's a um, it's one that kind of came out quietly because yeah. it was one that um, kind of happened during um, all of the shutdown and whatnot. And you hear the title and you're just like, I don't know, it's some kind of animated thing, but totally worth it. Um, quick disclaimer: um, there's a lot of emoji animation in it. <laughs> At first, that can be a little off-putting, but just be patient through it. <laughs> because it's so worth it and it's done so well. Anyway, right. Linda Mitchell, love you. All right. Yeah. I, that came across. Uh, I kept seeing it pop up and I'm like, well, I'll add it to my list. I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet. So now I know what I'm doing next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So Amber, how do you follow that? See, now you got two to follow <laughs> your number three, Amber. Good luck. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to follow that by going all the way back, 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 back to the very first uh, career woman that I saw on screen um, that I just thought was the most amazing thing I had ever seen. Um, Only the 1978 version of Lois Lane and Superman. (laughs) In East Side Murder Case, the way I see it, it's a banner headline, front page, maybe my picture. There's only one P in rapist. Lois Lane, say hello to Clark Kent. Hold you one P. Remember my dynamite expose on the sex and drug orgies and senior citizens house? It's got everything. It's got sex, it's got violence, it's got the ethnic angle. I mean, look yeah, at so that. is a lady wrestler with a foreign accent. Ken, can you open this? Oh, sure, Mr. White. This could be the basis for a whole series of articles. Making sense of senseless killing by Lois Lane. I mean, we get psychologists, we get... Lois, we get Lois you're pushing victims, a bunch of rinky-jink tabloid garbage. Um, that was the first time... Awesome. I had ever seen a woman who, you know, she has a whole line about how like her sister has kids and a mortgage. And she's like, are you kidding? There is no (laughs) way I want to do that. (laughs) And, um, you know, all of the sort of setups that she gets herself into are really, it's her chasing a story. It's her, you know, going after something that she really wants. It's not some kind of slapstick damsel in distress kind of thing. It's like, you know, she's doing her job and forces bigger than her intervene. Um, and she absolutely um, is like the His Girl Friday, uh, <laughs> you know, to Superman Clark Kent and right. works great for him to be this bumbling foil. Mm-hmm. you know, to her super smart aggressiveness. And I just thought she was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. And I loved her more than Princess Leia. I thought she was just 
It. Now, now, wait a minute here. <laughs> well, okay. Let me just say, I was four. So this was an early impression when these movies came That's okay. Out. I'll forgive you. But it has lingered. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and because she is, you know, a more realistic character, you know, we'd all love to be Princess Leia, but we don't live in space. Um, yeah, I wouldn't look good in that white dress. Lois Lane so. is attainable. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's an awesome choice. Yeah, that's yeah. a great choice. Yeah. Massive respect to Margot Kidder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I Completely. think that movie is just, you know, there are a handful of perfect movies, and I think that movie is one of the perfect movies. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just believe a man could fly. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right. Well, and she definitely defines <laughs> that character from then on. Yeah. For all yes. generations to follow. It's not just kind of like, you know, hostage of the day or whatever. Absolutely define that. And for other characters that have been written in that same kind of vein. I love the fact that that continues to happen. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Yes. Good choice. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> so me, uh, my number three, um, I actually just saw this movie for the first time a few weeks ago and it was so damn good. So um, I'm choosing from the movie The Shape of Water, Eliza Escobar. Yes! I move my mouth like him. I make no sound like him. All that I am, all that I've ever been, brought me here to him. When he looks at me, he doesn't know what I lack or how I am incomplete. He sees me for what I am as I am. Because not only, okay, okay, quick side note before I get into why I love her so much. Um, the movie is brilliant, number one, because it's Del Toro. And I was going to say, any Guillermo movie is perfect. Well, not any. Oh we'll get into God. that another time. But um, <laughs> We need to do a whole thing on just that. Right? But what I loved about the movie, ultimately, is not only is it wonderful, it's a great story, it's shot beautifully and everything else, but the heroes, the protagonists, basically, are all considered outcasts by society at that point. You have the the mute, and you have the, you know, the gay a neighbor and you have the black woman who's a maid and you know and they're all technically the heroes but the people you're supposed to root for you know the military and the and whatever they're all the bad guys and i love that the heroes are who are considered you know second class citizens and i just love that and it's wonderful but anyway on to eliza okay so the fact that she made a life you know she was found abandoned on the river side of the river wounds on her neck um can't talk learn sign language, learns to create a life for herself, um, takes care of herself, takes care of her neighbor who would never eat if it wasn't for her. And, um, and she goes to work and she's, you know, part of the society. She does her job well. And then she is um, so obviously able to read people and can tell instantly, you know, a good judge of character and is not afraid of the, you know, the amphibian humanoid that everybody that's ripped off fingers and whatever else, she's not afraid of him. They be, and befriends him and gives him the eggs and all that stuff and the relationship. And then she's smart enough to figure out how to get him out of that secret, you know, uh, 
you know, building, how to get him out of, you know, you know, this secret facility and does it and then manages to get him to the river. And, oh my God, she was awesome. She's such a great hero. And, and the fact that she's, you know, can't speak and is, you know, has to sign everything and just, oh my God, sorry. Just movie was so, so good. She is awesome. And it's nice to see uh, heroes like this that are not typical that are, you know, she's, she's just so good and such a great character. So interesting. And Eliza Esposito is wonderful. She's my number three man. Quiet. Jeez. No. <laughs> well, I just I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> I'm just ashamed of the fact that I haven't seen it yet. Well, like I said, we, we just watched like a month ago and, um, yeah. And then, of course, we watched uh, Nightmare Alley, and that was such a letdown. But anyway, oh gosh, yes, okay. <laughs> That's another. Well, I was one. like, I like, I want to like pull everyone who's decided that they don't need to edit anymore, <laughs> that everything can be three, three and a half hours, and it doesn't affect their story, into a room, yeah, and give them a lecture <laughs> because anyway. that movie. I'm sorry. I'm no. on a tangent. Was it was at about, least an was, hour too long. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Amber. But you, but your choice yeah. of Shape of Water. Good. That's a good choice. I, I was That's like, okay. oh, yeah. Shape of Water again. It's fine. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So, uh, JP, uh, you're number three. I can't believe we're already back to me. Okay. Um, yeah. This one really surprised me, but it's up on my number three because it's so solid. It's the live action 2020 Mulan. The enemy is vast. They are ruthless and unpredictable. Yet, physical force need not be met with equal force. The enemy can be defeated. It will take everything you have. Remember this when you meet him on the battlefield. I will never give up. I left home to take my father's place. If her identity is discovered, she will be in great danger. There is no courage without fear. I will bring honor to us all. Um. Wow, it, I haven't even seen that one yet. Yeah. Oh no, my goodness. Oh, you have okay. Well, I'm going. Right. There's no singing in it. There's, There's no, no yeah, that so I know. I was like, Which. Well, oh, okay. Well, that's why I liked it because <laughs> I, it was more my speed. Okay. And and at the end, I was like, oh, this was shot and directed by women. Mm-hmm. And you, the nuances in this from coming from a woman's perspective are amazing. I don't know how many guys are going to pick up on this stuff, but it, I thought this is this is a really really well crafted movie, and I was shocked. I did. I kind of went in going, "All right, I'll give it a chance." I'm having trouble finding stuff, and I was like, <laughs> "This is amazing! It's going up towards the top." Okay, so what I'm going to go through it you know, for the people who are, other people who may not have seen it is, you know, they've probably seen the cartoon, but in this in in the film, it's you know, she's feeling guilt. Because, you know, she's brought disgrace on her family because she's not marriage material, right? And, I mean, and this gets pretty hardcore. I was kind of shocked. She, like, considers suicide in this one, which wow. I thought was interesting. Yeah. Like, I, I, they kind of, you know, move over it a little bit. But I was like, wow. I was like, that's 
that's a little darker than I thought it was going to be, but it's, it, you know, it makes it real. And, um, and she instinctively stands up like when she realizes that, you know, she's going to be the protector of her family. Her, her father is going to die. If he goes off to war, she's going to protect her family. And that's just a natural instinct for her, which was amazing. But then you have this other really complex character, you know, of, of this older woman from a different generation who had these powers and, you know, want, you know, the ability to be strong, but was like labeled a witch. And, you know, because women weren't supposed to be strong and women weren't supposed to have power and she, and she gets pissed off and, you know, and she turns evil and she's, you know, and, and lets out the rage, which you can totally understand. But the subtlety of the story of, of seeing her watch Mulan own her strength and use it for good, good. And gain the respect of her, these soldiers who have thought she's a dude this whole time, right? But once they find out she's not, they still support her. Right. And because she's that good, you know, and they, they want her as a leader. And this evil supposed witch watches this and then is affected by that and changes. I thought, what a great, what a great thing. I mean, you see like generational shifts. Right. You see, people can change, you know, and why, and the fact that it was because this young woman owned her power and wow. she saw the generational shift where, which I know back then that generational shift probably wouldn't actually happen, but, <laughs> you know, they're giving it to a modern audience and it was like, oh yeah, dudes, you can feel free to support the strong and be led by a woman. Right. It's cool. <laughs> and it actually might be smart you know and i have so, to watch this too it's real it's <laughs> i'm gonna tell you i was i mean and, and, and if it's first right like all the product i'm like they has to spend a ton of money on this movie because i mean all the set design the costume everything action scenes are great just solid from beginning to end didn't expect to say that but i'm saying it okay <laughs> all right yeah, we've kind of stayed away from some of the live action adaptations because it's getting a little old. <laughs> so, I mean, I loved the yeah. live action Beauty and the Beast. I'm not going to lie. I loved it, but, you know. Yeah, like- well, I would say from, you know, a female empowerment standpoint, it's re- it's done really well. Check okay. it out. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so, Scott, what do you got for us? Number three. So, my other pick from the superhero universe. Okay. That is probably going to surprise. And I, when I was writing down my list, I was like, Dayton might throw a veto on this. I don't know, but I kind of doubt you will. Uh, <laughs> this now, technically, since we're talking about characters, um, I will say that this is a character uh, most recently in 2021 goes all the way back to 2002 uh, portrayed by Rosemary Harris, Lily Tomlin, Marissa Tomei, my list of badass number three is the modern day Aunt May. Oh, nice. Okay. No. Yes. Rosemary great, great. Harris. Her gives me goosebumps to talk about it. Um, the way that she portrays that character, um, you can see all the struggles that she's going through. And it it definitely modernizes the character. Like she's she's 
holding down the the job and and trying to to balance these bills and it's it's a struggle to get it together but she's doing it and she's captured by doc ock and one of my favorite scenes and she's like for shame and <laughs> smacks him with the umbrella god i love that that's my mom to a t You've stuck your webs in my business for the last time. Now you'll have this woman's death on your conscience. Come on. Shame on you. Um, <laughs> but, and I know that Sally Field is in there but i there are some things that she said about being involved in spider-man that kind of make me like Ooh, sally field why'd you say that um <laughs> into the spider-verse lily tomlin amazing turn as right. uh aunt may um what she does there she the, was the, like still mrs frizzle but then also uh, aunt may at the same time <laughs> yes Yes. Do you feel me? And that's another Lord Miller. And I'm telling you, when you see the emotional range that they put in with the subtleties of the animation, but what Lily Tomlin did specifically, I was so overjoyed to see that her cast is Aunt May. Um, Just a a kick-ass performer in a fantastic role that turns Aunt May into a badass. Now, Marissa Tomei, obviously, I think gets the, the queen's share of that credit for this character i'm not gonna spoil no way home i will say nothing else even though i really really want to (laughs) but i feel like it's too early for spoilers for some people can i interject that she really i feel like brought to the table what it's really like to be the single parent figure to a teenage boy and reminds you that peter is only 15 yes you know, because he's so capable and he's Spider-Man and he's doing all the things and he's an Avenger and whatever, you know, that you forget he is a kid and she is just trying to connect. I love the whole scene in the Chinese restaurant with I love you. Yes. That <laughs> yes. is yes. so like sometimes you just do stupid stuff with your teenage kid, you know, because you're just like, I don't know, I'll, you know, try anything. <laughs> so and she absolutely kills that. Yes, and she has more to do with who Spider-Man is than the spider that bit him. Yeah. Yes. She lives with great power comes great responsibility all the way through so strongly. And I love the decision to let her discover his identity uh, at, in that fantastic credit scene. Uh, <laughs> because yes. now she has to to balance that and she knows what he's going through and the God, the performances there just fantastic. And the decisions that she makes specifically in no way home, she deserves so much credit for, uh, for who Peter is yep. and for the, the Spider-Man that that universe gives us love it. So Aunt May total respect. All right. No, I wouldn't veto that. Of course I wouldn't veto that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a strange choice on a list of badasses, but it's not so well, glad that that's happening. Yes. Thank absolutely. you for giving us that Aunt May. Just yeah. like they gave us that Le- Lois Lane. Like, right. Keep them coming. Yeah. All right. Amber, number two, we're getting down to the, to, to the end here. What do you got for us? Okay. Number two, I just rewatched this movie and 
love it to pieces. Um, Marge Gunderson from Fargo. Mr. Lundegaard, sorry to bother you again. Can I come in? Yeah, no, I'm kind of I'm uh, kind of busy here. I understand. I'll keep it real short then. I'm on my way out of town, but I was wondering, do you mind if I sit down? Carrying a bit of a load here. No. I... Yeah, it's this vehicle I asked you about yesterday. I was just wondering. Yeah, like I told you, we haven't had any vehicles go missing. Okay. Are you sure? Because, I mean, how do you know? Because see, the crime I'm investigating, the perpetrators were driving a car with dealer plates, and they called someone who works here, so it'd be quite a coincidence if they weren't, you know, connected. Yeah, I see. So, how do you... Have you done any kind of inventory recently? The car's not from our lot, ma'am. But how do you know that for sure without doing a... Well, I would know. I'm the executive sales manager. Yeah, but I understand. We run a pretty tight ship here. I know, but... Well, how did they establish that, sir? I mean, are the cars counted daily, or what kind of a routine here? Ma'am, I answered your question. I'm sorry, sir? Ma'am, I answered your question. I answered the darn... I'm cooperating here, and there, uh, there's no... Uh... Sir, you have no call to get snippy with me. I'm just doing my job here. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, to be fair, the only good part of that movie is her. That's it. I hate the rest of that movie. <laughs> oh my God. I love this movie. I think it is completely hysterical. I love the commentary that it makes about the Midwest. <laughs> it just rings so true sometimes. Um, but the thing that I really got a kick out of this time, I always loved that she was the Sherlock Holmes to this movie. Right. Um, And I also loved kind of to JP's earlier point. um, She's pregnant, but the thing is the people like you're not an invalid, you're growing a person, Mm -hmm. but like, it's fine. You know? So she's just doing her thing. She's still going to work every day. Like, you know, she uses it when it works to her advantage to use it, but um, (laughs) You know, it's definitely not um, a hindrance in any way. Um, But the thing that I got the biggest kick out of on this latest viewing was the way that she's Sherlock Holmesing this mystery and sleuthing and putting these pieces together. And she's smarter than every man she talks to. And she is constantly stroking the ego of these dumbasses. (laughs) Like... In such a nurturing way, like she doesn't rub it in that she's smarter. She doesn't want them to feel stupid. She's perfectly content with being smart and raising them up and saying, like, giving them a little pat. It's okay, you know. And I just got (laughs) the biggest kick out of that. Good choice. Yeah. Like I said, she was the best part of that movie by far. we won't get into all the things I hate about the movie, but oh my that's, an, gosh. that's another episode. That's another episode. Yeah, we, we can, oh yeah, we'll go. We'll go a couple rounds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wonderful. Okay, very cool. Moving on. Uh, my number two. Now, I mentioned earlier that Princess Leia is not on my list, um, even though that would be a very easy choice. Uh, I went with uh, somebody more recent. And... I consider this movie to be the best, if not maybe the second best of all the Star Wars movies. I'm talking about Jin Erso from Rogue One. State your name for the record. Jin Erso. 
forgery of imperial documents, possession of stolen property, aggravated assault, resisting arrest. Can you be trusted without your shackles? Yes, sir. With Jin, Gareth and I both felt that it was very important that we found her humanity and her vulnerability. Everyone should relate to her. The Rebellion have found her a little bit difficult, but they need something very specific from her. When was the last time you were in contact with your father? It appears he is critical to the development of this super weapon. Jin is, at least to the eyes of Cassian, a troublemaker. But then he witnesses that she's a real hero and willing to risk everything. If my father built it, we'll find him and bring him back. Felicity brings a level of strength that always keeps you on your toes. You want her to win. Oh my god, the Star Wars. This is insane. An experience that I will never, ever forget. May the force be with us. Yes. Now. Thank you. Yes. I. Rogue One and Empire. It's a really hard choice yes, anymore. Yes, it absolutely is. Um, another episode. Anyway, so <laughs> she, as a little kid survives her mom's death and her dad basically being stolen by the Empire. You know, uh, she's raised by Saw Gerrera, who is a little off his rocker uh, at first and then a lot off his rocker later. But when she's on her own, she's she's surviving. She's. Uh, taking the fight to the empire she's you know what they would call a terrorist or whatever and she's doing it her way you're on right and she does it all her own you know her way and of course she she gets captured they bust her out whatever and she's put on this team to go find her dad and i love all the people that are added to the group and they become this uh you know little strike team and even though andor is supposed to be the leader everybody starts to follow her lead. She takes mm-hmm. control. She's, you know, she understands what's at stake. She's, she inspires everybody else to do these things, to basically put their life on the line. And without her, you know, the plans don't well, get out. Well, a quitter. Like she's the one that keeps yeah. propelling them forward saying, okay, work the problem. How can we fix this? How can right. we keep going? Yeah, absolutely. Rebellions are built on hope. Yep. Right. And then, yeah, she even gets, yeah, it's such a good character. Felicity Jones is wonderful in this role. And um, I could watch this movie so many times. And in fact, I've bought it twice. I found, <laughs> I found a, uh, a special edition version of it that has cards that you can change out the cover. So the six different covers and it has a three, has a 3d version of it on Blu-ray, which I don't need. I don't care. I got it yep. for the covers. So um, <laughs> she is, I remember just watching the trailer and then when you see her like the surprise look on um, Andor's face when they get to Jeddah and she totally handles herself. He's like, Oh, okay. You know, (laughs) (laughs) no worries, you know? And uh, even at the end, you know, K2 ends up liking her too. So, which says a lot because, you know, he didn't like anybody, but anyway, so Jen or so from, from rogue one is my number two. Bravo. Awesome. I love that. Love that movie. Love that character. And actually, side note, the board game we have, uh, Outer Rim, you get to choose to be a smuggler or whatever. She's one of the characters I always play as her. Always. Nice. Nice. Well like it. All right. Good job. So, JP, you ready? Yes. Number two. My number two is um, Halle Berry directing herself as Jackie Justice, UFC fighter Jackie Justice in the movie Bruce. Has anybody seen this yet? 
Nope, I but it's no, going on I, the list. I know of I it, but I have not seen it. I can't Halle Berry, so no. She is so good in this. It. I mean... Yo, that's Jackie Justice, right? She used to be famous. <laughs> Yo, miss, this is you getting served? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this part why she quit. <laughs> what you doing here? I got a nice surprise for you. That's your son. His daddy died. She's a fighter. That look like a fighter to you. I don't want to fight. I'm happy. You have your scrubbing toilets. That fulfills your purpose. We're strangers right now. But I'm all you got. What's this? Sensation fights. No refs, no moves. Come on. Look who it is. All the way from UFC, Jackie I saw what you did. I'm offering you a second chance. You gonna take it? Yeah, I'm gonna take it. You know who that is? You ought to. The technique is lacking. I got five other girls, all stronger, faster, younger. I'm sorry, I just don't see it. You used to be Jackie Justice. Still am. Yeah, she still got something. Welcome back. Shout out to my mom. Uh, we ain't never home, we on the road. For once in your life, girl, handle your business. What are you gonna do what you always do? Put it off on somebody else. Pretty mother put me on the front of vote. You scared? I used to be scared. But they don't know the code, no. Sometimes I'm still scared. This about to be the greatest story never told. Never told. This is your shot. If you ain't know that now you know. Now show all of them. I wasn't welcome on pose. The real. I put this inside my soul. Jackie Justice. This about to be the greatest story never told. Never told. If you ain't know that now you know. Yeah, she's a really great. I, to me, she's a really great actress. She just, I feel bad. She has to continually prove it all the time, yeah. and um and. This is a really, this is a really good movie. Um, it's a personal redemption story. She's a former UFC fighter who, you know, goes off the wrong way. She has, has had a lot of childhood trauma, again, as a former foster parent who fostered teens. It's completely believable and realistic how that's manifesting in her adult life and kind of keeping her from it, you know, being successful as an adult. And, you know, and she's got this son that she hasn't seen or, you know, for a while who, you know, comes back into her life all of a sudden, and she's got to make some tough decisions. Right. Right. About that. Um, and I got to tell you the fight choreography is very realistic. I don't I didn't grow up watching UFC, but it, yeah, me neither. It, but <laughs> It's really pretty. I mean, I enjoy sports, so it's really pretty amazing. But I just thought it was a very real portrayal of that kind of childhood trauma coming into your life and then just seeing somebody successfully overcome it. I like the fact that there was this, you know, if I was still fostering, I would probably get the teen girls to try to, you know, sit down and watch that because it really showed that you can pull yourself out of it which i i would thought and i'm 
I've seen interviews with her about this and they were like, how did you direct yourself? She was like, never again. (laughs) Cause this was very emotional. I don't see how she did it to be frank. And I think she did an amazing job because it is, it's a solid film and it, you know, and she's told the story really well. I I think with her, I think she takes a lot of bad movies to pay the bills so she can do movies like that. Um, Yeah. I mean, she was stellar in monsters ball. I mean, Oh my God. Yeah. You know, but then there's, you know, we're not going to talk about the DC character she played. <clears throat> not going to do that. Not going to do that. Anyway, but yeah. no, she's, yeah, that's, I've, that actually has been on my radar for a while, but I have yet to pull the trigger and watch that one. So, well, I recommend it. It's number two on my list. So that should tell that's, you that's pretty good. That is okay. pretty good. Okay. <laughs> All right, Scott, number right. two. No more surprises from me. My top two are exactly the ones that you probably expect I'm going to say. And number two is Leia Organa. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Huh? Oh, the uniform. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. You're who? I'm here to rescue you. I've got your R2 unit. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi? Where is he? Come on. Darth Vader, only you could be so bold. The Imperial Senate will not still for this. When they hear you've attacked a diplomatic... Don't act so surprised, Your Highness. You weren't on any mercy mission this time. Several transmissions were beamed to the ship by rebel spies. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take it away! You hear nothing? You're braver than I thought. Nice. Come on. So, I love the fact that, JP, you're going with modern movies and i love that i love the fact that i have like this growing list of things that i have to check out when i was thinking of my list i was like well these are ones that you're kind of kind of expect kind of like you know uh maybe sarah connor would be on there Mm -hmm. um but for what she did to set the tone for all that followed changing what you expect from somebody who's called the a princess in Mm -hmm. something that's based on flash gordon serial uh, dramas where it would always be kind of the the damsel in distress to be saved. Um, and aside from obviously the the enormous history, the tremendous role that she has in that entire franchise, uh, I recently started rewatching uh, A New Hope and all the movies with my nine-year-old because he's starting to get more into that. Knowing what she goes through in just the first movie, the first scene you see her in, She's taking responsibility for trying to save everybody else by delivering these plans, by putting herself in danger. She's uh, she's brought in front of uh, Vader um, to uh, either name where the rebel base is or have her home planet destroyed. Thinking about the decision she has to make in just that moment, she has to keep her cool. She has to keep her poker face Mm -hmm. to uh you know whether or not she reveals the real thing but knowing that the lie that she tells will not only possibly doom another planet to be destroyed and take responsibility for that or if her bluff doesn't work her own home planet is destroyed um what she has to be going through in that moment shows the strength that carries throughout all the other portrayals that she had uh, not to mention what she was going through with you know having to give up her son while you know leading the resistance but you know gotta acknowledge carrie fisher and what mm-hmm. she did with leia organa 
absolutely sets the tone for so many that followed. So got to put her on the list. Bravo. I'm, Bravo. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you picked her. Cause I was, I was thought, you know, that's why I didn't put her on the list. Cause I'm like, somebody's got to put her on there. You know, I remember seeing, I remember the very first time I saw star Wars in the theater and, you know, just her attitude and the way she carried herself throughout the movie. And, you know, I'm like, you know, she's a hero, you know, and of course, yeah, it, I still remember to this day watching that. And when they were in the uh, trash compactor, and I freaked out thinking, oh my God, they're all going to get killed. It's going to be two robots and an old man left. And, you know, but. <laughs> so, and yeah. I love that scene too, because, you know, here she's going to be rescued and the boys are there to get her. And she's like, you two idiots are who? <laughs> right. Are you kidding? Let right. me just take care of this myself. It's like, yeah. she looks so unimpressed, you know, when Luke comes in there, she's like you know, yeah. a little short for a stormtrooper. It's like, she doesn't <laughs> even care. It's like, whatever. And then right. you know, she says, he says Kenobi's name. All of a sudden she's like, oh, wait a minute, you know, let's get out of here. So, yes. Well, and there's that great meme now that is something about you see Darth Vader and he's the scariest guy and he killed, he just mows down all of these, you know, rebel fighters. And then she just walks like right up toe to toe with him and starts sassing him to his face. <laughs> know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, especially calling back to rogue one seeing all of the drama that happened just minutes before that interaction yes right yeah and she's totally like what yeah what you seven foot toaster what <laughs> <laughs> oh that's amazing all right uh so scott that was your number two okay we're back to uh amber amber last one make it a good one Oh, well, well no one. pressure. <laughs> well, no, it was easy because when Dayton called me about this, I was like, can this one just be my entire list? Because really, <laughs> that's all there is to it. Um, and of course, it's Ripley from Alien. We let it in, the ship could be infected. You know the quarantine procedure. 24 hours for decontamination. We could die in 24 hours. Open the hatch. Listen to me. If we break quarantine, we could all die. Well, it's an interesting combination of elements, making him a tough little son of a bitch. And you let him in. I was obeying a direct order, remember? Ash, when Dallas and Kane are off the ship, I'm senior officer. Oh, yes, I forgot. You also forgot the science division's basic quarantine law. No, that I didn't forget. Oh, I see. You just broke it. Huh? Look, what would you have done with Kane? Hmm? You know, his only chance of survival was to get him in here. Unfortunately, by uh, breaking quarantine, you risk everybody's life. Maybe I should have left him outside. Maybe I have jeopardized the rest of us but it was a risk i was willing to take it's a pretty big risk for a science officer it's uh not exactly out of the manual is it yay <laughs> uh, who i wanted to be like my entire teenage years <laughs> that was when uh the sequel came out and um i have probably watched those first two movies a million times um, and just, you know, kind of fitting with my list, you know, even though it takes place in space, um, that movie really, you know, these are not 
elite astronauts. These are glorified truck drivers. Right. And, you know, she is the warrant officer. She is competent at her job. She's, you know, the rule follower. She's the one who doesn't want to, you know, is willing to risk losing a crew member because she's following the rules and doesn't want to bring him on, you know, with this parasite. And, you know, ultimately when they come up with a plan to go after the alien. She's the first one who says, Nope, I need to go. I'll be the one to go into the vent to go after it because she's the one that makes sense, you know, and um, building an entire franchise on this female character and the strength of Sigourney Weaver's performance, um, you know, and again, not somebody who's not terrified and she is clearly terrified and, you know, gets business handled. So um, Ripley is always forever, always going to be my number one. Yeah. Now, can I ask you a quick question? What's what that? was your, was your first time seeing her the first movie or the second? The first movie. I okay. saw the second. The first yeah. movie. I, that was another one that I, again, snuck to watch and watched it <laughs> way too young. Um, but uh my our neighbor actually he was a teenager and he saw the movie in the theater and came over with the alien doll that you pushed a oh, button nice. the Kenner and doll. the Kenner doll jumped out <laughs> yep <laughs> and um so i had known about it um at from a very young age and um you know ultimately just snuck and watched it <laughs> and it was <laughs> You know, my mom always said it was the things that like I thought would scare you where you kind of rolled your eyes and you were like, it's a monster. What do you want? You know, um, and it was the real world things that ended up, you know, scaring me more. Um, Which makes total but, sense, uh, though. I mean, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that uh, as great as the sequel is, it's one of, um, you know, the truly good sequels. Right. Um, that isn't just a cash grab. Um, you know, nothing beats what Ridley Scott did with that first one. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I, I, I actually had seen the first one before I saw uh, aliens. I saw aliens in the theater. I had rented alien or saw it on cable or whatever, but we, mm-hmm. me and my friend Timber snuck in to see aliens because I wasn't 16 yet. I was, oh, seven, we I went was 15. My birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So my I snuck in. Birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we, we awesome. bought tickets for something else. Went down the hall into that theater. So, yes, yes, that was fun. So awesome. Okay, great choice. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I was I was starting to get a little worried that you hadn't put it on your list. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know she was. Gonna I was like, <laughs> if Ripley doesn't make this list, we're gonna have to have an honorable mention at the end, right? <laughs> I mean, okay. She's got to make it. She's got to make it twice. Right. Even somebody would say, I, yeah, right. exactly. Right. Well, and I can make it for the second one because I didn't discover her until Aliens. Okay. And oh, so wow. that's the one that has my heart. Right. Gotcha. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. So me, number one. Okay. So when I came up with this list, uh, this idea for this episode, and I decided to go with um, some different choices, this was my number one. To, and that's usually how I work with a lot of these lists. I start with my number one, work my way backwards. So uh, this one is from a movie that a lot of people haven't seen. Um, it's starring uh, who's a woman who's very famous now, but wasn't then. She was only 17 in this role. 
And I'm talking about the movie Winter's Bone, starring Jennifer Lawrence as Reed Dolly. Mike Satterfield, A1 Bonds. What is it you want? We hold the bond on Jessup Dolly. He didn't show for court. That ain't no run. Jessup signed over everything. If he doesn't show a trial, see, the way the deal works is y'all gonna lose his house here and got some place to go. I'll find him. Girl, I've been looking. I said I'll find him. You see, the law was out here hunting Jessup. You know where he's at? I wouldn't tell him nothing if I did. I really got to run Dad down to get him to show. You ought not do that. Dad's your only brother. I don't know where he's at, and I ain't going to go around asking after him neither. Who might you be? I'm Ree. My dad's Jessup Dolly. You ain't here for trouble, are you? I got a real bad need to talk to him. Talking just causes witnesses. How long before we get kicked off our own property? I reckon y'all got this place about another week. The law found Jessup's card. Somebody set fire to it. He wasn't in it. You know those people going around saying you best shut up? People you want to listen to. Get out of the truck. Put your hands where I can see him. Is this going to be our time? There's stuff that you're going to have to get over being scared of. Get off! Don't hurt my sister! Get in the house! Now, for those who haven't seen this, and there's a lot of them out there, uh, Ree uh, lives in rural in the rural Ozarks of Missouri. She's 17, takes care of her mom, who's not right, and her two younger siblings. Um, and taking care of them, I literally mean she teaches them to hunt, how to skin the squirrels, how to cook them, and literally, you know, survival techniques. Her dad has disappeared. Uh, he got in trouble for making meth and got arrested and then took off. The cops show up and inform her that they're going to lose their house because the father had put it up as part of his bond and he disappeared. So they're going to lose the house. So now she has to go into the underbelly of her town to try and find her criminal father to prove that he's still alive or that he's dead. So um, they don't lose the house. So she has to go up against all these adults and people that don't want to tell her anything uh, people that you should be afraid of because they're crooks and they're violent or whatever. And she has to do all this to save her family. Now, like I said, 17 and Jennifer Lawrence at the time was 17 at this point. She carries the whole movie. She does what's right by way of her family. She knows, I mean, she's terrified the entire time, but she has to stand up to these people. She has to be braver than them and smarter than them and more courageous and do what it has to be done because her mom's not going to do it. Her siblings are 12 and six or something. They're, they're super young, so they're not going to do it. And she was awesome. And I love this movie and more people need to see it. So Re from Winter's Bone is my number one. Good choice. Right. I'm adding it to the list. It's a great movie. I picked yeah, it up she's recently. solid in that. Yeah, she is. I mean, and it's one of those, this is before she was Katniss, before she was anybody, you know? And I remember sitting down and watching it and going, oh my God. This is so damn good. So and, yeah. And if you haven't, if you can't tell from the accent, I might have grown up in the country. And <laughs> it's tell. realistic. I remember that just those the people and the portrayal yeah. of yeah. of that 
was realistic. So that gave me a lot of respect for her knowing what she kind of what she was going into. So yeah, good it's a choice. Great movie. great movie. All right. Uh, JP, your number one. Oh my goodness. My number one. I picked a fun one for my number one. No um, Mine was kind of serious. I know. Um, <laughs> Atomic Blonde is my number one. And um, just because it's so much fun from beginning to end and it's <laughs> So, so, you know, and the character of Lorraine Charlize Theron does it again. The subject of this debriefing, British Operational Officer Lorraine Broughton. Before we begin, sir, may I formally request that Mr. Kurtzfeld be removed? I could stand behind the mirror with everybody else. Also. What did you say? I didn't say anything. I thought you said something. What did she say? Well, do you want to play the tape back? I know she doesn't play by our rules, but she's our best intelligence expert. There's a double agent operating in Berlin. If we don't find him before the wall falls, we could be facing World War III. Remember, trust no one. Your contact is David Percival. Welcome to Berlin. I'm David. Don't shoot. I've got your shoe. The clock is ticking. I'm the only man in this town that can help you. I trust you, but as far as I can throw you. Never part of the plan. It was part of mine. What do you know about this woman who's been following me? You're an attractive woman. Do the math. So you made contact with the French operative? Obviously. Good evening, Agent Broughton. I chose this life, and someday it's going to get me killed. But not today. I think I had to do it because I am a child of the 80s and like 80s alternative rock and emo and and all that stuff. And this soundtrack is just (laughs) made for me. Um, And I'm also as somebody, you know, who knows how much work it takes to, you know, to make a film. It, just the stylized, all the, the from beginning, you know, all the costumes, all the sets, all the set dressing, you know, everything is just really well done. <laughs> but um, have you guys all seen this? Already? I have not. Oh no. my goodness! Okay, so <laughs> I, and part of me was like, you know, I was like, well, you, it, I was like really grateful she's not an assassin <laughs> she's a spy like she's you know she's a spy she's a you know a, a intelligence 
agent and she's really good. And part of me, I started going, I don't know if I can, you know, I started overthinking things because that's what I do. I was like, you know, she, she's nude in it a couple times or topless. And I'm like, Oh God, you know, rolling the eyes. And then I was like, oh, you know, here's this, you know, she's highly sexualized in it. And then I was like, why am I rolling my eyes at that? Like she is only doing what she wants to do. That is her character. She's solid. She doesn't give a crap what anybody else thinks about her. <laughs> She's completely comfortable in her body, which more women should learn to be, you know, in that. And I started going, I am putting all these kind of restrictions that women have had to deal with for all these years on this character. And I was like, I don't know, you may have to bleep this. Fuck that. I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, she's awesome. She's super talented at what she does. She's extremely smart. And she's completely comfortable with herself, like confidence from top to bottom, you know, with that. And it's just a really fun movie because of the way it looks and, and all that. And it, I actually didn't figure it out. I was expecting to kind of figure out the story. Right. And if you guys watch it, you can tell me, well, you should have figured that out. Like, you know, I went through it, whatever. But I was like, oh, this is, so I thought it was really kind of well-crafted as well from a story perspective from that so atomic blonde lorraine and atomic blonde i recommend it if you haven't seen it very cool I, it's on my list i think it's on my yeah. one of my many cues i have set up yeah yeah wow. watch it it's fun and that soundtrack oh my god <laughs> i need to uh, just download the soundtrack i think right <laughs> yep. all right okay scott you ready yeah so um our only repeat is one that bears repeating. Okay. And my my number one, and I know that it's it's hard. Like you know, I know that on this list should be Laurie Strode. I know that on this list should be Jackie Brown. I know that right. on this list should be Lieutenant Uhura. Um, I'll just sneak those in. But Ellen Ripley. Yes. <laughs> my first experience was with Aliens. We sat down there on company orders to get this thing, which destroyed my crew and your expensive ship. The analysis team, which went over the lifeboat centimeter by centimeter, found no physical evidence of the creature you described. Good. That's because I blew it out of the goddamn airlock. Like I said. Are there any species like this hostile organism on LV-426? No, it's a rock. No indigenous life. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? Ma'am, I already said that it was not indigenous. It was a derelict spacecraft. It was an alien ship. It was not from there. All right. I'm going to read zero here. Yeah. I press this up. That's right. I get another one in quick. Slap it in hard. Right. Are you ready to rock and roll? What's this? Uh, that's a grenade launcher. I don't think you want to mess with that. You started this. Show me everything. I can handle myself. Yeah, I noticed. Wrong. It was a bad call, Ripley. It was a bad call. Bad call? Right. These people are dead, Burke! Don't you have any idea what you've done here? Well, I'm going to make sure that they nail you right to the wall for this. You're not going to sleaze your way out of this one. Right to the wall. 
Get away from her, you bitch! You're going out there to destroy them. That's the plan. All right, I'm in. The first time she survived the most terrifying creature in the universe, she thought the nightmare was over. Something under the floor. It hadn't even begun. Come straight for That's inside the room. Sigourney Weaver, Aliens, the new movie. This time, it's war rated R. Now, not the director's cut, but there is so much that kind of unravels. Mm -hmm. The more you watch like the director's cut and you know what she is going through with this. Like the, um, I told my daughter I would be home for her 10th birthday. Right. And she realizes that she died of old age before she could come back. What I, what I love about uh, Ripley, not only the fact that she, she really set the kind of cast the template for so many characters that followed. um, But as a mother, knowing not only uh, what she went through, it's, it's not just kind of the moments that she goes through, in those movies, it's the moment where the moments where she goes back. Right. In the first movie, she has no reason to go back, but Jonesy needs her, a cat. She goes back for the cat. She goes <laughs> I'm a cat back person. Into I love this, it. <laughs> this hellscape that right? She's been almost uh murdered by a rolled up magazine, for God's sake. Aside from this, you know, acid blood alien that's chasing her down. Um but she chooses to go back in aliens. She's finally, you know, she comes out of hypersleep. She sees that this is happening and she chooses to go back Mm -hmm. because she knows that there are other families that need help. When Newt gets uh, taken, she goes back. And I mean, the, the aside from the iconic line that she gives when she's in the power loader, (laughs) <laughs> to me, the the thing that just crystallizes what I love about Ripley so much is the moment before that, when she is in the elevator and she's gearing up, she's putting things together, she knows what she's getting into, and she closes her eyes for those few minutes where she's talking to herself or praying mm-hmm. or whatever it takes to get her in that moment. And then you see that turn where she kind of takes a deep breath and now she's wide awake and she's like, all right, let's get into this. Let's just kind of... Yep. God, that is a that is a strong character. That is a strong yeah. mom. I know it's pretty, you know, it's one of the obvious choices, probably, but I, I love that um I love that it's already been mentioned on this list and it, it bears repeating. Love yes. Ripley. I'm so glad they chose to cast somebody of Sigourney Weaver's caliber that could bring yes. the depth. Yeah. Yep. Of that well, character. And it from a man to a woman just on the power of her audition yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's a great point yeah you yep. know and what they knew she could bring to it um you know and it killed me as i was making the list like having to pare it down and um a character that was on my list for a long time was the bride from kill bill yeah she was on my list and, too um i feel like there is a hundred percent no bride in kill bill without ripley there's yeah. a lot of characters uh, you can say that about yeah very true. Very true. That was, yeah. Actually, I just bought the 30th anniversary of Aliens on Blu-ray. So, and I've owned it three, t- three or four times in my lifetime. So, 
I can't talk about that movie enough. Three and four are complicated, but three and four are good as well. It's just different directors having different visions, you know, kind of how to wrap it all up. But Mm -hmm. um, the way that she changes and evolves that character, um, Mm -hmm. you know, is always interesting and compelling. Yeah. 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 So Gordon Weaver's had some amazing roles over her career for sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Definitely want to yes. thank yes. everybody for joining me. I'm glad we can get such a. a and only one overlap. Right? I know. Yeah. And it was the best one. Yeah, <laughs> it was the best one. Yes. So. Well, I love the fact that there are so many characters to choose from and mm-hmm. that we had such a broad spectrum of how yeah. that fit in. It wasn't all, you know, um, with the guns or the capes or the, the whatever, right. like a, a total spectrum there. I love yeah. that. And yeah. I love that I'm walking away with a longer list than I showed up with. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's always a good thing. Yes. Awesome. Yes. So wonderful. Okay. So thank you, Amber. Thank you, JP. Thank you, Scott, for joining me on this episode. I very much appreciate you know, all your input. Yeah. No thank pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. All right. Yes. And all to all the listeners, uh, do us all a favor. Uh, like follow subscribe rate and review on your favorite podcast app if you want to reach out to us and interact uh you can find us on facebook at docking bay 77 podcast on twitter at docking bay 77 pod you can reach out on email at docking bay 77 podcast at gmail.com and when it comes to watching any of these movies we talked about listening to the soundtracks that go along with them physical media is always better than streaming Thanks for listening. This has been the Docking Bay 77 podcast. Opening music provided by Eric Jason Brock. Check him out on YouTube and Bandcamp. If you want to reach out to us on social media, we are on Twitter and Facebook at Docking Bay 77 podcast. Or you can send us an email, dockingbay 77 podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Another happy landing.